you're listening to the Imperfect Pursuit Podcast. Well, I turned 25 a few days ago and I've been wanting to record an episode all about 25 different lessons of life and business that I have learned over the years. So in this episode, I am going to be sharing primarily business-related lessons because obviously the podcast is very much business-focused, but there will be a few general life and faith lessons weaved in as well. I actually think there's going to be a lot of value in this episode because I'm sharing some really, really important lessons and mindset shifts, and I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. So we'll keep the intro nice and short, and let's dive in to 25 lessons I've learned in life and business. Hey, welcome to the Imperfect Pursuit Podcast. My name is Sarah Luthi and I love all things marketing, money, mindset, and helping creative entrepreneurs pursue their purpose. Nothing in life or business is perfect, but I believe in the power of taking imperfect action and showing up with grace, authenticity, and intentionality. So if you're ready to imperfectly pursue your biggest goals and build a life and business you love, there is a place for you here. Man, it feels really weird to turn 25. I know for a lot of people, 25 is like, oh my gosh, you are such a baby. I have had that said to me countless times over the years because people assume I am older than I am. I've always felt a little bit older as well. So every time a new birthday rolled around, I was always like, yay, I'm another year older and I'm getting to the age that I feel. But this was probably the first year where it felt a little bit weird. Like, I don't know if it's because I'm kind of nearing the end of young adulthood. The fact that I'm like actually properly mid twenties now. And I don't know there, I guess there are a few things that I thought would have happened by now. So it feels a little bit weird to turn 25, but I'm starting to come to terms with it. It's been three days since my birthday at the time of recording. So I feel like I'm starting to own the fact that I am a mature 25 year old, even though I know a lot of people think 25 is still super young and I know it's super young, but as I've been chatting to people, a lot of people have been saying that, yeah, turning 25 was a bit weird and I don't know, I'm, I'm keen to turn 30, but for some reason, the fact that I am like mid twenties, it just feels like a really weird age. But anyway, a little bit of a tangent, but Hey, at least 25 is a nice clean number. And I thought I just can't not do a podcast episode with the number 25 in it. My husband was like, do you really want to draw attention to your age? Do you really want that to be a big part of your brand? Blah, blah, blah. But I thought, well, I can't really hide my age. Like there's no point in being ashamed of my age, which in a lot of ways I've felt over the years. Like, oh, I don't want people to know how young I am, but I've kind of learned that being young and youthful isn't a bad thing. And I know one day I will wish that I didn't wish all of these years away. So I'm starting to appreciate the fact that I am relatively young, even though in a lot of ways, I also feel really, really old. (laughs) Anyway, okay, let's dive into the 25 lessons that I have learned. Number one, business takes time to grow. I don't need to elaborate on that too much, but friend, please remember business takes time to grow. I remember in the early stages of my business, just being very, very impatient. And my husband had to tell me so many times, Sarah, it takes time, like stop feeling like you're behind it takes time. And I just want you to know that growing a business, it takes time. And 
I know social media can make it look like people are building these massive multi six-figure businesses in less than a year and they quit their corporate job in three months and all of those kinds of things, but that really is the minority. For a lot of people, it takes years to reach some of their goals and for their business to grow enough momentum. So business takes time and that is totally normal. Number two, investing is essential. You know, you need to spend money in order to make money. That's such an essential mindset shift. So whether investing looks like investing in courses or coaching or resources or programs or investing in some seasons can look like outsourcing. I have learned that investing in business is so important in order to grow and in order to make money, you need to be okay with spending money. Number three, prioritizing days off is really, really important. I talk about rest all the time. I talk about days off. I've told you guys about how I block off days on my calendar for days off. And I really think that if you want to build a business that gives you freedom and joy, it's really, really important to prioritize these days off. I've actually also learned that from my husband. He is way better at like taking days off. His days off are very, very sacred to him. And I've actually learned that from him because he's so good at it. And I've had to learn to be good at it because my natural inclination is probably to just work every single day. Number four, life should be enjoyed as well as your business. It's very easy for business to become this all-consuming thing and to become the sole source of your purpose and identity. And while it's perfectly healthy to find some kind of identity and purpose and joy in your business, it shouldn't become everything that you are. Life should be enjoyed. And I guess this kind of links with the past one. You should be able to have days off. You should be able to enjoy time with your family and have time to yourself and have purpose outside of just your business. And that's something I'm really, really passionate about. Number five, it's okay if potential customers say no. This takes a lot of time to learn. And in fact, I still feel that sting when a potential client says no, especially when I feel like we've had a connection or it's something I've really wanted to take on. But it's totally normal for some people to say no. In fact, if 100% of your prospects are saying yes, that actually tells me something in your business needs to change, whether it's your pricing or your strategy or who you're working with. But friend, it is okay when potential customers say no, and you need to get used to that. You need to get used to that feeling of, I guess, being quote unquote rejected. It's perfectly normal for some people to go elsewhere. Number six, kind of in line with that, it is okay for you to say no. I don't want you to work with every single lead that comes along. You're allowed to say no for whatever reason, whether that's they're not the right fit, your schedule can't accommodate that. Maybe it's a really special time in the year, like your birthday or your friend's birthday or something that you really value for whatever reason you are allowed to say no and you need to get comfortable with that. Number seven, business friends are so important. And this is something that has been just so, I guess I was going to say life-changing, but also business changing is having connections in this business space. And I have various business friends in different circles and they are in like different industries as well. I have business friends in the wedding industry that we, I genuinely consider a friend and not just a network. And I have business friends in the online space and those people have really carried me through. And it's a different kind of relationship to say paying for a coach or a mentor, which I also believe is important. But 
it's more of a, I guess, equal balanced relationship in the sense that you want to support them so that you can also be supported. And I think this is really, really important is to remember that you want to give as much as you want to, I guess, quote unquote, take. And yeah, there's something really special about having business friends who understand this crazy entrepreneurial journey and having relationships that you can also invest in and not just expect and receive and consume from those people. Um, So yeah, business friends are important and remember to support them the way that you would like to be supported. Number eight, you can set big goals. I have had to learn this over the years. In my first year in business or Yeah, I guess even before I started my business, my goal was to book 12 weddings. I wanted to have like an average of one wedding a month that was achievable for me. And I think that was a good goal. Like, yeah, I mean, it was very realistic, almost too realistic. And I ended up booking, I think, 28 weddings in my first year. So I over doubled my goal. And I guess I say this because you can set big, juicy goals. I never thought I would have the goal of having a six-figure business. I never thought I would have the goal of taking home six figures. Uh, And that's what I'm currently working on. And I've learned that it is a good thing to set really big goals. Yes, you want to stay realistic. You want to follow that smart format when you're setting goals. But I also encourage you to stretch those goals. They should feel really exciting and really expensive. Number nine, you need to pay attention to the numbers even when it feels scary. For the first season of my business, I was not really paying attention to the numbers. I had no idea the sales I made, the profit I made until I lodged my first tax return and my accountant told me those numbers. Whereas now I'm paying attention to the numbers all of the time. And yeah, it feels scary, especially when you have these really big goals and especially when you feel like you're falling behind on those goals. But one thing I've learned is that as a business owner, it is crucial to be paying attention to the numbers, whether it's financial or other kind of metrics, please remember to pay attention to those numbers. Number 10, and I guess this is kind of a life faith lesson that I've learned, is that it is okay to not have a clear vision of the future. And I guess I say that because often in this space, we often hear about vision boards and short-term and long-term goals and, you know, knowing where you're heading. And I think it's important to dream big and it's important to identify your desires and roughly where you want to be heading. But the thing is, sometimes you're not going to know exactly how you're going to get to that place. And sometimes God doesn't always give you all of the answers straight away. If only he like gave us this piece of paper with all of the steps that we needed to take in order to get from A to Z. But the thing is, life often doesn't work like that. You might have a rough vision of where you want to go and that's a good thing, but usually you don't actually know how you're going to get there and that's okay. I know that can feel really I guess, anxiety inducing and it can feel really scary and you can feel lost a lot of the time, but sometimes that's just how life goes. And it's just about taking these steps of faith (laughs) and trusting that being obedient in that process and being wise in your decision-making and just taking intentional action along the way, he will reveal the answers to you. You will find that doors will open and doors will close. And that's just a part of this crazy life journey. Number 11, it is okay to ask for help. And I guess this kind of goes in line with my point about investing, but sometimes that doesn't even look like investing in like actually paying staff. 
Asking for help could look like messaging your business friend to ask for some kind of recommendation or asking a friend or a parent or a family member to help with a really big job. Or yeah, sometimes it does look like asking for help in terms of paying a staff member. Or sometimes, a lot of the time, it looks like asking for help in the form of a mentor or a coach or some kind of educator to help you identify what you need to do. Asking for help can look like a lot of different things, as I've just said, but please know it is okay to ask for help. It doesn't make you weak. In fact, it takes a lot of strength to swallow your pride (laughs) and ask for help. So that is number 11. Number 12, making money doesn't need to feel shameful. This was a huge thing I had to get over, especially, I guess, in Christian circles. Money can often be attached to greed and sin, and it can be a little bit of a yucky concept. But I think with anything in life, as long as something doesn't become an idol in your life, it doesn't become, you know, the only thing that you're thinking about. And as long as you maintain a really healthy understanding of money, you do not need to feel ashamed about making money. And I guess if you just rationalize this for a second, so many people, I guess in the corporate space or in a secular job, whether that's like teaching or being a lawyer or being in medicine or whatever that looks like, they are making money. They are being paid for the work that they are doing and no one ever makes them feel ashamed for being paid for their jobs. And in the same sense, as a business owner, we are just being paid for what we're doing. We are making money so that we can live our lives (laughs) We can be generous with others. We can save for our future. It doesn't need to feel shameful or yucky in any way. Yes, we need to keep an eye on our hearts and ensure that it doesn't become the only thing that we are thinking about and to make sure that it doesn't become an idol in our lives. But I think we need to remove any shame or guilt around making money. Otherwise, if we're being honest with ourselves and honest with the situation, your business probably isn't going to grow. Okay, number 13, age doesn't mean anything. And I've already kind of shared a lot of my baggage around my age and how there have been times I've felt really ashamed about it, but I've started to learn that there is beauty in every single age. Now, I did a lot of things at quite a young age. I got married at 19 and a half. I started my business when I was 20, turning 21. And I always felt like, am I just like, am I just getting ahead of myself? Like, you know, should I just wait before I get married? Should I just wait before I start a business? But I'm so glad that I didn't. I'm so glad that I followed that prompting because now I'm 25. I own the business of my dreams and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I still have so many years ahead of me to accomplish other things. But on the contrary, you know, you might be listening, you might be in your mid-30s, your 40s, 50s, your 60s, I don't know. But please trust me when I say age doesn't mean anything. You could be in you know, a regular teaching job in your mid forties, your kids are grown up or in school. And you might be thinking, am I, am I too old to start a business? I've also heard this as well. Or you might've started your business, but you feel like you still have a long way to go. I just hope that you realize your age doesn't define who you are. You can still do anything. And there is beauty in whatever age you are. If you're in your forties or your fifties, you have this wealth of life experience that I don't have. (laughs) And that is going to 
show itself differently in your business as opposed to my business or opposed to a 19 year old's business. So I think we just need to remove this stigma around age, whether it's youthfulness or whether it's, you know, the stigma around getting older. I think we just need to remove that. It's not relevant. Number 14, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. I have had to learn this over the years. I won't share all of the stories about this, otherwise I would be here the whole day. But I love this quote and this lesson that I've had to learn. You can do anything, but not everything. I don't know what that looks like for you, but I definitely had to learn that as I was growing a business. And I guess just quickly, I've spoken to coaching clients before where they have all of these crazy ideas. Sarah, I could do this. I could do this. I could start this kind of business. I could start this offering. You know, I've heard, I've heard it all. And I, I was them. I remember being about a year into my business. I wasn't hitting the income level that I wanted to. So I was like, well, maybe I could just like be a VA as well as do my weddings. And then one day I could be a coach and then I can just make it all work. (laughs) And my business coach at the time told me this. And I mean, I'm not saying you can't go off and start a VA business if that's on your heart, but I guess I just had to realize I mean, I could do that, but I don't want to do all of those things. So I hope that encourages you. You can do anything, but you can't do everything. And that's okay. Number 15, it's okay to change your mind. There are so many ways that this can show up. You can change your mind on your business. You can change your mind on your goals. You can change your mind on your services. I think this is really important to remember. Number 16, people will have their opinions but you should do it anyway. I'm not going to elaborate on that too much more because it is what it is. People will think what they will think, but you can't change that. You can only change the way that you show up in this season and the action that you take in this season and the person that you become in this season. So let people have their opinions and then show up anyway do it anyway. Number 17, there is enough room for everyone. Please remove the fear of competition. I have had to learn this again and again and again. And even today, I still see it cropping up in really ugly ways. But I have to remind myself all of the time, there is enough room for everyone. So when you see a new competitor popping up on social media, And you think, oh my gosh, is there seriously another florist in this area? Or when you see that another photographer has moved to your city and you feel like they are taking away your business, please know there is enough room for everyone. I really believe that. Okay, number 18, and I love this one. And I've learned this as well. People have more money than you realize. I just hope you remember that next time you are creating a quote, next time you are having a discovery call, next time you are looking at changing your offerings or your pricing and it feels really scary because you think no one's going to buy, please remember people will have more money than you realize. Number 19, kind of a life one, and it's just taking me back to the Brene Brown TED talk, but it's important. It's an important message. And that is that vulnerability isn't weak. I'm just going to leave it there. Friend, it is okay to be vulnerable. In fact, it's important to be vulnerable. I think it's important to be real with yourself and with others. And doing so doesn't make you weak. 
Number 20, kind of in contrast to that last one, or I guess it kind of goes hand in hand. It's not really in contrast, but it does go hand in hand. And that is, it's okay to not share everything on social media. Now, yes, vulnerability is important, but I think often a healthier way of being vulnerable is having just a few friends or family members in your immediate circle that you can be vulnerable with. If it's something that's really, really deep, really, really personal, I don't think you need to feel the need to share that on social media unless that feels right for you. I think for a lot of people, myself included, authenticity is important. I really value authenticity and I get frustrated when I see people who are clearly just being someone completely different or you can see that what they're putting out into the world is just a facade. (laughs) So yes, I really value authenticity. But I've also found that there's a certain level of vulnerability that is important for social media. I try to be vulnerable where I can, but I've also had to learn that it's okay to not share every single thing about my life and my heart and my journey on social media in this season. And in the recent episode with Emily Osberger, she said um, that quote about sharing from a scar and not a wound. I thought that was quite cool as well. Um, So I hope that's encouraging for you. Okay, number 21, you do not have to work 60 hours a week in order to be successful. You just need to prioritize the right tasks. Now, don't get me wrong. There will be weeks and there will be seasons that you might have a really big week, especially if you are in the events or wedding industry, or if your job revolves around certain jobs that require a certain level of time. But I hope that you are structuring your business in a way that allowed you to have another week that is much slower. Now, personally, I'm trying to have a business in which I only need to work around four days a week. That feels really good to me. I'm like, great, I've got an extra day on top of what most other people have to do those random errands throughout the week or to just like enjoy my life. (laughs) So if you are believing that lie that, you know, the more you work, the more time you put into your business, the greater the reward, I'd really encourage you to work through that. Because it's probably likely that you just aren't prioritizing the right tasks. Maybe you can delegate or automate or systemize or just release certain tasks. Um, But yeah, this is really, really important. I'm still learning it. I'm still actually trying to get my work time down. One day, I'd love to only work two or three days a week. But in this season, I know it's probably a bit more realistic that I'm working for four and a half days, especially because I am coaching as well as running quite a busy wedding business. So that's just the season we're in. Okay, 22, you do not have to have everything perfect at the start or in general. Now, there are so many examples that I could give and I can think of particular people that I want to, I guess, gently call out, but I won't. Friend, you do not have to have everything perfect. I have grown so much as a business owner in the last four years. My first website looked nothing like my current website. It was nowhere near as good, but it was good enough for me to get off the ground to start showing up, to start taking bookings, and things grew and improved and evolved over time. I mean, guys, it's called The Imperfect Pursuit. That's the name of this podcast, and I firmly believe perfection, I mean, perfection is never attainable, but particularly at the start, you do not have to hold yourself to the same standard as you would four or five years in. And just in general, with general life and business, nothing is perfect. Your house will never be perfect. 
your relationships will never be perfect. And I feel like we just need to start being okay with imperfection. Just saying. Okay, number 23, you need to desire to grow. Now, I'm not just talking about investing or growing a team or anything like that, but the actual concept and the actual desire of improving and growing, humbling yourself to know that you don't have to have all of the answers and actually just starting to take responsibility and ownership over your life and over your business so that you can develop, you can grow, you can improve and evolve. And I think this comes down to your heart and it comes down to that desire to grow. And I think This has been a huge part of my journey. I've always just wanted to grow. I've wanted to hit that next level. I've wanted to be a better business owner. I've wanted to improve my systems and improve the way I do things. I'm not perfect at it, as I've already said, but I've always desired to improve. And I think this is so, so important in life and in business. Okay, number 24, and I think I've spoken about this on the podcast But I think it's so, so important to remember that social media is not an accurate reflection of someone's life. Now, I mean, I'm guilty of this. I usually share the better photos of myself. (laughs) I usually share the better moments of my life. But my life is messy. My bedroom is messy. My hair most of the time is messy. (laughs) My business can be messy. My relationships can be messy. And I say that because we often look at people's social media accounts. And I mean, I'm just using myself as an example, but you know, I look at plenty of other accounts and find myself thinking, man, they have it all together. Man, their house is always so clean and perfectly styled, or their business looks perfect, or they're hitting these goals that I only dream of hitting one day. And I guess I just say that, and I've said it before, but social media just, it's not an accurate reflection of someone's life or business. And, you know, it's not that we want to wish badly upon someone. It's not like we want to think about what could be wrong. But I think when you find yourself feeling insecure, feeling jealous, feeling inadequate, I just think we need to take a step back. We need to zoom out a little bit and know that social media is just not real life. And I mean, it's a tool to share the good things, right? And that's that's okay. But I think when you allow that to make you feel negatively about your own life or about someone else's life, I think we need to do a little bit of work there. Okay, and number 25, this is something that I kind of wanted to end on. And it is, I guess, a faith-based lesson that I have learned And I hope it encourages you, even if you're not faith-based, but I have learned that God is working even when we don't see it or feel it. And I guess circling back to what I was saying about, you know, you may not always have a very clear vision of the future or how you're going to get somewhere. You may not always have the answers. And sometimes life just feels really hard. I have learned again and again that my God is always working even when I don't feel it and even when I don't see it tangibly. So when I go through trials in my life or in my business too, but I'm kind of talking more about life at the moment, when I go through those trials, when it feels like things are really hard and I don't see a way out and I I can't understand the answers or see any answers, I know that he is still working and I can know that because I look back and I would encourage you to do the same. Look back at moments in your life when something has worked out better than you thought, when something has worked out differently, but better than you thought, when something good has come out of a hard season. Now, as a believer, I believe that is God working and that's something that I cling to in my own life. All right, there we have it. 25 lessons I've learned in 
business and a little bit of life. Um, this is really fun to talk through with you guys. I use Voxer to coach a lot of my clients and to talk with um, Hannah, who is like my business partner, I guess. And I'll get to that soon, but um, I use Voxer a lot, but I also love Voxer because I can actually record voice messages for myself, which is great. If I'm just like doing jobs around the house, I've got my phone in my hand and I think of an idea, I can just go into Voxer, quickly record a message. I mean, you could also do that in voice memos too, but that's actually how I planned out this episode. I was just like sitting on the couch, thinking about what I wanted to share and different things that I've learned in business and life that I thought would be valuable and encouraging for you. And I came up with like 28 and then I had to get rid of a few. Um, But yeah, this was really, really fun. Now, as I mentioned with Hannah, if you didn't know, Hannah and I have been working through a group coaching program. If you have been following me for a bit, I'm sure you saw us talk about that a few months ago. We did an episode all about the coaching program. And I mean, it's just been the best experience ever. We have had the most incredible feedback from the women in the program. Some of them have said things like, you have changed my life. Um, Someone has said that because of the program, they have had their biggest financial month ever and they are on their way to hitting their first 10K month and just beautiful feedback like, you know, I've gained so much clarity in this season and things that have just honestly almost made me cry (laughs) and it has just been the most incredible season of coaching these women in the program. Now, Hannah and I will be releasing our new offer. It should be next week. We should be launching that. So keep your eyes peeled. If you're not on my email list, now would be a great time to join. If you would like to be the first to know, you can just head to my website, saraluthi.com forward slash VIP if you want to jump on my email list because we'll be sharing all of the details soon. It is not going to be a 12-week coaching program like it was this time. We have refined it, tweaked it, drawn out the best parts of this program and the parts that have received the best feedback. And we have created a new offering, which I think you're really going to love. It is a lower investment, so a little bit more accessible for people. It's a lower commitment. And yeah, okay, I don't want to give away too much, but it's exciting. And we really think this is going to be a game changer for female service providers. So I just wanted to mention that because I know a lot of you do listen to this somewhat in real time. So if you're listening to this episode sometime this week between, you know, October 19th to the 26th, just wanted to kind of leak that a little bit. So we'll be launching that at the end of October. So be sure to follow me on Instagram at Sarah Luthi or join my email list. And I will also be sure to pop the link in my show notes as well. All right, guys, that's it from me. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you found this encouraging and inspiring for your own business. And as always, I am cheering you on on your imperfect pursuit. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss future episodes. And while you're at it, if you'd like to leave a five-star rating on iTunes, I would be so grateful. This lets me know what kind of content you're loving so that I can keep creating valuable content for you in the future. It also helps this podcast to find its way to the ears of other creatives just like you. You can check out the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned in this episode or head to my website www.saraluthi.com for more information and some cheeky freebies. Thanks again for being here, friend. I am so grateful for you and I'm cheering you on as you imperfectly pursue your purpose.